Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today, we're going to talk about the relationship between business and education and the arts, which is more important than one might think. A survey of over 800 employees working for 32 companies throughout the United States found that art in the workplace helped businesses address challenges such as reducing stress, increasing creativity, and encouraging expression of opinions. There's a need for innovation in business, and that innovation comes in part through creativity. And creativity is oftentimes fostered with exposure to the arts in one form or another. So it's obviously to our advantage to nurture creativity in our kids, since they are our future, by exposing them to all kinds of experiences, both inside and outside the classroom, which is one of the reasons STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, used in our education system, has now become STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. So my first guests today are Linda Kohler, President and CEO of Sharp Literacy, whose mission is to help urban children identify as confident and capable learners by emphasizing the use of the arts as a teaching tool. And Videl Hill, who is a local artist who partners with Sharp Literacy on a project that nurtures artistic expression through STEAM-based learning called Art on the Move. Welcome to the show today, Linda and Videl. Thank you for having us. Um, I really like to thank the Ellen Becker Group for highlighting Sharp Literacy, um, the great work that we're doing alongside great partners like Vidal Hill and uh, Silver Spring Neighborhood Center and James Wilburn. Well, we're excited to hear more. So let's start with you, Linda. Tell us why you're passionate about Sharp Literacy. I was fortunate enough to spend 25 years at Midwest Airlines and right from the beginning, um, the culture there was always about, you know, very, very strong core values and giving back to those in need. So when, um, unfortunately, the airline was sold, my heart and, and strong faith led me to the job in the jobs in the nonprofit world. I worked for almost four years with an amazing nonprofit organization with a very strong mission. And after four years, I I felt that I just needed to do more in our community. And there was an opportunity at Sharp Literacy at that point. The founder of Sharp Literacy, Marlene Dora Krowkamp, was retiring. So I, I did a lot of research. I wanted to make sure my move was the right move for me. And as I looked at, at the mission of Sharp and who they served, I knew that this is where I needed to be. I, I wanted to make a, a stronger impact on kids. And I, I work right now, um, the, the team at Sharp Literacy is just amazing. Their heart is in it 100%. And I think with what we do, it's really, really difficult not to be 100% passionate about what we do. Well, we um, talk about passion all the time and how we, we encourage others to use that passion to make a difference. So it's wonderful that you're able to do that. How do you carry out your mission then with that passion in mind? Sure. And, and really, our, our, our vision is and in, in mission, in a sense, is to partner with educators to foster a love of learning and brighten children's futures through our STEAM-based experiential program. 
what we do gives kids opportunities and experiences that they wouldn't have without Sharp Literacy. We provide some very, very innovative programs. Our academic year program, our summer programming, and our after-school programming. We really engage students to be inspired and to have that that um, love of learning for a long time. We don't want this to be something that is a, a one and done. We um, expose their creativity and innovation and just in a really, really great ways that you'll hear um, about some of those when, when you talk to James and, and Vidal. We serve over 8,600 kids a year, which I think is amazing. We're in 40 schools. Uh, we're in public schools, we're in private schools, and we're in charter schools, both in Milwaukee and Waukesha County. You know, um, right now, it, over 80% of the students that we serve qualify for their free or reduced breakfast lunch program, and over 80% of the students we serve are of color. And there's a statistic that keeps us going, knowing that we need to do more. And that's like right now, over less than 10% of the students in Milwaukee are reading at a fourth grade level in fourth grade. So um, I think that's what drives us too, is that we know we need to do better and we can do better in this community. And it's all about doing things together and partnering. You know, partnerships are so important with sharp, to sharp literacy. Um, as the quote goes, alone, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. We have over 50 community partners from Boys and Girls Clubs, Discovery World, Marquette Men's Basketball, uh, Keep Greater Milwaukee Beautiful, Milwaukee Art Museum, Discovery World, and that's just to name a few. And again, together, we can help that statistic of less than 10% of the students reading at a fourth grade level. Together, we can increase that. That's, that's our whole goal. So looking on your website, I see that you have a program called Read With Me that brings in local celebrities and leaders to help kids understand the importance of reading. You want to elaborate on that program a little bit? Absolutely. There's actually two programs that uh, are in that Read to Me program. One is what we do during the school year where we work with, uh, it's our intergenerational program, which is called the Read With Me, where we have students from our schools, uh, both MPS and School District of Waukesha, go into senior environments, um, both at High Point and Shorehaven and Oconomowoc, we have students that read to the seniors, which is really uplifting to our students to be able to kind of let their guard down and read with, read with the seniors. The program that we recently started with, Read With Me, was actually started about eight weeks ago when we couldn't bring our program to the schools. So we um, had uh, various celebrities. We had on-air anchors. We had Sheldon Dutez, Shannon Sims, Katie Crowther, Sydney Moncrief from the Milwaukee Bucks, all sorts of different celebrities come in and they would read their favorite um, book growing up, which was just amazing. And the, the feedback has been, you know, just outstanding. And this is something that the, the parents and the kids can do together. And it's every Friday and that will continue through August. So there will be approximately, and it's all on our website, sharpliteracy.com, if you want to see past uh, celebrity readers. And then you have something called Urban Techies Program. Yes, what is that at, about? Yeah, and we are actually partnering um, with the Boys and Girls Clubs. Um, this summer, we'll be in six sites. 
um, Piley and our urban techies. Once school closed in March, we knew that we needed to figure out how to bring our program virtually. And again, as I talked about our amazing staff, that they developed an urban techies program. So it's an online program where they learn all about urban agriculture. They learn about, there's coding concepts in there. And it's about, it's for third and fourth grade students. And it will be a um, 12-week program and using a platform called code.org. And it'll be very uh, interactive and engaging with the use of building a, a urban garden, per se, with Legos. So we're really excited about doing this this summer with Boys and Girls Clubs, as well as some of our community learning centers. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys have a lot of different programs going on. There's no way that we can cover everything during this interview. So the best thing is to visit the website and see all the great things going on. We talked at the opening of the show how important creativity in the arts in all forms is to enhancing experiences, which builds character, and how important that exposure is for kids, especially as they're developing and soaking up things around them. Sharp Literacy has a program called Art on the Move that they offer during the summer that Linda briefly talked about. So stay tuned and we'll learn more about that after the break. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community. I'm talking today with Linda Kohler from Sharp Literacy and a local artist and teacher, Videl Hill. Okay, Videl, we want to hear from you now. Tell us about your passion and how you use that passion when you partner with Sharp Literacy and other places in the community. Yeah, to start, why I do what I do in the arts and what I do in my community is very near and dear to my heart. As a kid who grew up in Milwaukee and um, some of the more uh, difficult neighborhoods in the area, I moved around quite a bit and stability was something very unfamiliar to me. And that came in many forms through education, financial stability, and just coping with some of the things I've seen and had to deal with as a young man of color in Milwaukee. So what I say often is I I really want to be a mentor to young people, whether it's arts or not, but my focus is in the arts. I want to be the mentor that I needed when I was younger. I wanted to be the adult that they were comfortable telling their issues to, even if it was just a sounding block, even if uh, they just wanted to get some information out or just express themselves. And I found my outlet through art. I I remember very vividly uh, in difficult situations where I would turn to art to cope. And I feel there's many youth right now who desire to share their passion and their struggle and to cope, but they simply don't have the language to do so, Uh, whether it's verbally or uh, through literacy or through opportunity. So I believe art is something that's always been a vehicle of expression uh, through hardships and good times. So when kids 
are struggling, I feel like uh, to be able to write about it, to draw about it, to paint about it is just as strong as um, any uh, therapy. It could be just as strong as any service that we have built for coping. And it's natural. We all naturally go to artistic forms, whether we uh, do them knowingly or not, uh, through music, through dance, through fine arts. So as that young man who's experienced these things and had to express myself in that way, um, due to educational difficulties, art has always been that vehicle for me to uh, express myself. So I wouldn't keep things bottled up. So I wouldn't struggle nearly as much if I uh, didn't have that out. And didn't you go on to further education and then uh, you're also a teacher or an adjunct professor at uh, Mayad? Yeah, so for me, it it couldn't end after high school. Uh, I know that, especially now, that transition from a high school student to a young adult is very difficult, uh, where sometimes a degree doesn't necessarily mean success in in the workforce. So for me, I knew I wanted to learn more about my craft. I wanted to learn more about painting, drawing, and uh, printmaking, and just other ways of expressing myself through visual means. So I knew I couldn't get those things by just simply buying materials and practicing. I wanted to hear other people's stories. I wanted to know why other people chose the art forms they did. So I knew it was absolutely necessary for me. And as the first uh, college graduate in my family, uh, it it was more important for me to finish than it was for me to start. And I absolutely loved my experience. Uh, It was a culture shock for me. I grew up just blocks from my head. I mean, I could ride my bike there in seven minutes, but I never knew that world. And uh, most of my peers were from hours away. And I found it astonishing that uh, I had to travel the least to get to a whole new world. And it it paid off for me. I I really learned about my situation through other situations. I didn't know how poor I was until I met people who were in the middle class. It was seriously amazing to me to realize that and it just lit a fire under me that like this should be normal people from many backgrounds should meet with each other no matter what whether it's art music dance these worlds should meet and and it would make the world a better place and what better way to do that than through youth opposed to trying to change a grown man you teach a child to be a good person Absolutely. Very well said. And I'm sure you are a mentor to many. It's wonderful meeting you and learning more about what you do. Can you give us an example of how you use your craft uh, when you partner with the schools? Yeah, definitely. So one of the ways I use my craft to partner with schools is to really look at their constituents, what students they have, what what, uh, predominant culture is in that school and what they value. I start always with a brainstorming session with the youth I'll be working with. I I love to see where they want to go because they may have an idea that I couldn't fathom. And that's very important that they're 
voices heard in that process. So I find out from the youth what they want to do, and I actually teach them how to do it properly or technically. So if they want to express that we want to feel unified in our dance program, we want to really heighten this dance program because a lot of the young men and women in this school express themselves through dance. So how can we highlight that? How can we be a beacon for a dance program at this school? So we'll do a mural around the, the traditional dances of uh, the culture that's predominantly in the school. And everyone's invited. It's not uh, a program where anyone's excluded because they're unfamiliar. I prefer there to be multiple backgrounds of youth in these programs where there are some who are learning a ton and some it's just a refresher for it. So that, that's where the real learning is, is when we're not repetitive. And the youth will tell you what they've done, and you'll know where to go. Sim- simply uh, put, you, you just have to understand where they've been to understand where they need to go. And, and as the adult, I understand that I know the technical skills. I know how to teach them how to mix colors and how to paint and lay out a composition. But I cannot tell them what they care about. I cannot tell them what will get them through a hard day uh, next week or 10 years from now. They're, they're the only ones that can express to me why they want to do better or feel better or express themselves. So I really listen first, use my artistic abilities to express what I've heard and use it as a sounding block and move forward with projects. That sounds awesome for the... Uh the kids. Why is it important to incorporate STEAM elements into this Art on the Move program? It's critically important to uh, implement STEAM in these programs because whereas I excelled in fine arts, many excelled in writing, reading, uh, mathematics, and engineering. Just these creative minds that I'm always around, and I'm talking about the youth. There are very strong suits in every one of those categories in every class. And it's up to me to orchestrate those things. As a teacher, I find myself orchestrating more than instructing. I'm simply finding the youth who are very strong at one area and partnering them with another youth youth who uh, heightens their weaknesses. So there's very strong bonds with a kid that's amazing at mathematics to be paired with a kid that's great at engineering. And we can build bridges, literally, for our community to grow and to be more diverse. Mm, Fantastic. I'm sure everybody would be on board for that, right? How have you guys then shifted during this COVID pandemic? Well, at Sharp, when school closed in March, actually March 16th, we knew that we needed to do something to continue to deliver our program to students and really meeting that, that critical need, especially with them not being in school. So we uh, quickly uh, developed a program called Focus on STEAM, where we would twice a week, we would send out via social media and as to our teachers, and we were an MPS resource, STEAM-focused videos interactive videos that students could use with their with their parents as well as teachers being able to use with their students it was started off to be a seven-week program but it's been so successful so we are continuing it through the end of august 
And the other program element of that was the virtual Read With Me program that happens every Friday that um, I talked a little bit about with celebrities reading their favorite children's book, and that's every Friday. We also uh, art on the move with Vidal. And Vidal, do you want to talk a little bit about what you did at Malaika? Yeah, definitely. So uh, it's basically a DIY together. So I created a program where you could do your component of a larger project at home, but then we take the pieces and combine them into an amazing collaborative uh, visual piece together. So it's a DIY together and it works amazingly. They feel apart. They feel together, although they're working on their very uh, specific, very individualized piece of a larger mural. That sounds like a great program. You guys have so many awesome things going on. People need to make sure that they check it out. Uh, If somebody wants to connect with either uh, Sharp Literacy or you, Vidal, how would they do that? Give us some contact information. As far as contacting or finding out all of the great things that Sharp does, uh, the best place would be sharpliteracy.org. Okay. And Vidal, I've seen some of your work when we met last time, a beautiful artist, very talented. Uh, how would people see your work or how they, would they get a hold of you? Yeah. So for me, the best way is to simply Google Vidal Hill, V-E-D-A-L-E, last name Hill, H-I-L-L, and Milwaukee. And I'm a Milwaukee-based artist. So you'll find many ways to contact me through other uh, organizations I've worked with and uh, through myself. You'll see my work and you can judge for yourself if it fits uh, what you need to do in your community. Awesome. Well, thank you both, Linda and Vidal, for joining us today and sharing your passion on how you like to work with kids through the arts. So we appreciate you participating today. Being actively involved in your community is not only about giving, even if that's your main motivation. For most people, It's an exchange of skills, knowledge, and experience that can benefit the giver as much as it does the receiver. Anyone and everyone can get involved in some way. In our next segment, we're going to hear about an organization that shares their skills, their knowledge, and their experience by connecting and building important relationships with a mission to help their participants achieve self-sufficiency, as well as to build a safer, stronger neighborhood on Milwaukee's north side. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And my next guests today are James Wilburn, who is the after-school program manager from Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, and Benjamin Holt, who is the Director of Philanthropy. Thank you for joining us in our conversation today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Jill. You are welcome. So philanthropy and volunteering and giving back, they all have a common denominator. They all impact and change lives. To date, the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center website says that you guys have changed 58,000 324 lives. How awesome is that? So how about you, James? How has your life been changed by the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center? Well, Jill, to answer that question, it takes me back about 10 plus years. 
And, you know, I was going through a transitional stage in my life, trying to just understand why am I here? And, you know, it, it, it was it was almost like a, uh, a Hallmark movie. You know, I, I attended a church service and, you know, uh, it spoke to me and I was reborn that day. And four days after being reborn, I get a call from an old high school buddy. He says, hey, man, I got this new job with Silver Spring Neighborhood Center. I want to know, will you help me? So about a 20-minute conversation about the parameters of the job, and I said, okay. So I was literally called into this work, right? And working for the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, it's changed my life because I once was selfish. I come from a two-parent home. My mother had the ability to work from home, you know, a stay-at-home mom. You know, I had parochial education from K-5 through 12th grade. That's pretty good when you look at some of the situations that I see on a regular basis. Now I work in, in service for a community that is often underrepresented in every category imaginable. So the stories of impact, um, coming across some of the community members away from work, and, and the kids are like, hey, that's Mr. James. I mean, wow. You know, to have that type of impact, not even intentionally at first, but seeing the growth of the community, seeing the hope, seeing the successes of, of some of the youth and, and the families that I've now had the, the privilege of coming into contact with, that's priceless. You know, I get goosebumps thinking about thinking backwards now because it's like, wow. And I wasn't a bad guy before, but I just didn't understand the importance of giving back and sowing a seed into somebody less fortunate. Wow. I mean, we talk so much about passion on this show and turning that into a purpose. And you exemplify that, James, perfectly. I mean, you can hear the passion in your voice. It's, it's wonderful. Tell us more about the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center for those that aren't familiar. Give us some history. So, yeah, we're a community-based organization. I've uh, been around for over 60 years. It was founded originally in the 50s, 1957, to serve Westlawn housing development. So the housing authority of the city of Milwaukee uh, originally started Westlawn housing development. We were just we were created to serve that. As it progressed through the ages, and in the 60s, we started a, a licensed daycare. Uh, in the 70s, we partnered with Milwaukee Area Technical College for educational classes. It just kind of grew and evolved throughout the decades. We we have programs pretty much from from babies to seniors. I mean, we have early early childhood education, which is six to 12 weeks. We have after school programming that goes all the way up to 19 years old. We have opportunity youth, which is disengaged teens 16 to 24. Uh, we have emergency services for families and individuals, uh, which is a food pantry and helping uh, mothers with babies and uh, senior stock box days for seniors. We have adult education programs. We have workforce programs to help people get back into the workforce. We have youth services, which helps with uh, we have teen pregnancy programs, uh, prevention, anti-violence, literacy programs. We're just kind of a hub of services for the entire Northwest Milwaukee. Well, we once served just Westlawn Gardens, which was Wisconsin's largest public housing project, the, the partnership that we had with the housing authority of the city of Milwaukee. And now we serve, while well, we still do that, and we're right in the heart of that area, we serve the entirety of Northwest Milwaukee. 
We like to say in-house, Jill, we like to say we have what we call cradle to the grave. So there, there, there's no age that doesn't fall within one of our program offerings. It's a one-stop shop. Well, the, and your website says that uh, in 2010, the center was running full steam with the 10 Centers of Excellence programs. Tell us about that. What are these 10 Centers of Excellence programs? So we kind of just look at it as a pipeline. Like James said, as soon as you hit six weeks old, we have a program for the rest of your life. You know, going from, like I said, the early childhood center, the that's the Elaine Schreiber Devel uh, Child Development Center. Um, six weeks to, to 12 years old. We have our, our after-school programming, teen, adult programs, education programs, youth sports, family nights, uh, UW-Milwaukee Silver Spring Community Nursing Center, which helps uh, underinsured and, and uninsured folks, um, community connections, emergency food services. Like James said, a, a one-stop shop. We try to get if, if whatever the community needs, and those have changed over time, and they're going to continue to change moving forward. Whatever the community needs, we, we try to have a, available an offer to uh, make sure physically, mentally, you know, we're offering the wellness services that whatever the community needs. And I like what James was talking about earlier about the relationship piece. You know, you're building a relationship with these kids and these families, and then they feel comfortable to tell you what they need, right? And then you guys step up and, and fill in the void wherever it happens to be. I understand that you guys were gifted something by the Milwaukee Bucks. How cool is that? Tell us, tell us about that. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks, in partnership with Johnson Controls, they funded what we call the multi-sport complex. We had an underutilized concrete area outside of our facilities. And, you know, it, it did not speak life into the neighborhood. It, it did not say, hey, let's go have a good time. So the Milwaukee Bucks and JCI, they supplied the bankroll and they redid the entire playground to literally a multi-sport complex. We have a eighth of a mile track surrounding eight basketball courts and an artificial turf futsal field which was totally shocking and brand new for this Northside community. With that, we have adjacent parking for the staff workers because parking is always an issue. And now it's, you know, with, with the vibrant Bucks colors and logos, the brand new basketball course, the artificial turf, the sterling white uh, soccer net. I tell you, it's a beautiful sight to see, but it speaks to the community, come and enjoy. So we went from a underutilized concrete area, and that's really what it was, right? I won't even give it dignity and call it a playground. Uh-huh. And and now we have a a like almost like a community park that's utilized by many of our community members as well as all the programs here at SSNC. That sounds great. Tell us where exactly it's located. We are located 5460 North 64th Street. That's one block south of Silver Spring Drive and okay. 64th Street. You can't miss us. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to know. So the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center has something available also to kids that'll give them the opportunity to learn about healthy eating and will allow them to participate in all that goes into that process. 
So stay tuned. We're going to hear more. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking today with James Wilburn and Benjamin Holt, representing the Silver Spring Neighborhood Center. So you have something available for kids to help them learn all about what's involved in the healthy eating process. That's been kind of a... um, an important thing lately that many organizations are talking about and becoming uh, involved in. So tell us about what you have going on in that area. Thanks, Jill. Well, to to get kids' minds and and appetites in line for healthy eating, they have to understand the, the foundational components. And with that, we have what we call the Urban Greenhouse Project. So within our fully functioning greenhouse, we have an aquaponic system. The aquaponic system is designed as a display system where the children can see the fish, they see the biohazard tank, they see the chemical process taking place, the nitrates added into the water, and you know we have a floating medium so that we can show the structure of the plant's root systems. So we can take it a step further. After that, we now plant things into our garden beds. So now we have what we call a Zen garden in a fenced-in area right outside of our greenhouse. The children plant under the watchful eyes of adults, of course. They plant what we've started in the greenhouse. They grow it to maturity, and then we harvest. From that harvesting, we bring it in-house into our home economics room, and we have healthy cooking displays, which are going to be led by our teen members giving back to our younger kids. Now, what do you do with all the produce? We have youth, all ages, and we also have senior living. And the seniors have expressed through their monthly meetings that they're afraid of some of the youth, you know? And so to bridge that gap, we started a a food delivery program. So seniors were able to sign up for what type of produce they wanted. We are in the process of growing it now and will, you know, complete it during the summer. And then members of our youth and our teens will deliver basically one block away from our garden beds to the seniors. So we took a community problem. We used community members to fix the community problem. So not only are we in the middle of a food desert, we're delivering fresh produce to the seniors, to those most vulnerable, with the people that they once were afraid of, relationships. That ties back to who we are as SSNC. We build meaningful relationships. What a great way to bring the generations together. That's awesome. Any other programs that kids can get involved in that you have going on there? Absolutely. This summer is going to be a summer of the ages. I love the year 2020 because, you know, we get to see clearly. We have multiple programs for the youth to be involved. One is a mural project based on the past, the present, and the future Westlawn. 
We're going to use teens. We're going to use some uh, elementary age kids. And we even have a couple seniors all contributing to this big mural project. We're doing this in partnership with Sharp Literacy and Vidal Hill, two phenomenal people I enjoy partnering with. We also, we, we like a STEAM focus here also. You know, math and literacy are very important and cannot be replaced. But we've learned that through experiential learning opportunities, the kids get an opportunity to get their hands dirty. That's when you can really, really, you know, break through barriers and make those meaningful connections. We'll have a music and audio program. And in this program, the children will decide on what their theme is. They will create the music. They will then record the music and also shoot a video on the subject content. I urge you, go to my website, www.ssnc-milw.org, and check out some of the videos that our kids have done. Listen to the content. This is changing lives, okay? Um, We have a ceramics program. How many urban kids have ever had the opportunity to use a real kiln and make Beautiful mosaics. We have four hanging right now that were made from third through fifth graders in our, what I like to call the Zen garden. We also have this summer for our youth, we do character education programs. So we we address some of the social development issues with theatrical role playing, theater, theater, right? We teach kids how to come back you know, how to be a buddy, not a bully. Uh, We teach them how to, you know, make healthy decisions. You know, we expose them to goal setting. And top it all off, we have a garden program. There's nothing like, hey, mom, look what I made. Look what I grew. So now we have youth taking ownership in the upkeep of the building. When you come around Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, you don't see a bunch of litter because we're programming our community that the answer is within us. And you're, you're teaching life lessons, right? And, and skills that these kids can, can take uh, with them and move forward and be contributing to society in an awesome way. So again, so many cool things going on. Um, Why are this year's summer education programs more important than ever before? You know, with the interruption of life that we all have experienced since mid-March, everyone's ready to try to resume what's normal. And for children to be able to engage into meaningful program, that's normal. Now, we did have to pivot and and look at maybe how we do things in terms of uh, how many bodies in a classroom, you know, what materials we can share. But the beauty from all of this is the opportunity to be intentional. So now the outcomes grow. Perfect example. We have a soccer program, a very good, strong soccer program on the north side of, of Milwaukee with a 98% African-American demographic. And one of the components of the soccer program is poetry writing. Who would have knew that a fifth grade young lady who attends the program 
is phenomenal. She's phenomenal. She won the regional. First, she won the local poetry competition. Then she won the regional poetry competition in Chicago, Illinois. And she qualified to go to the national poetry competition in Washington, D.C., a trip all expenses paid for her and her immediate family. That young lady discovered something in her that no one would ever be able to take away. Now the sky is the limit, you know, and, and that's what we look for in these programs. This is not a James thing. This is not solely a Silver Spring Neighborhood Center thing. We accomplished this with meaningful partnerships. We spoke to the fact of the multi-sports complex. That was JCI and the Milwaukee Bucks coming in, forming a partnership that, you know, will benefit this community years to come. Well, yeah, like you said, we're, we're a hub of services. We're only as good as uh, with our, our partnerships. As you said, for the underground thing, it actually has an 80,000-gallon cistern. And, and really what, what's impressive about stuff like this is it's an intentional plan for the entire community. Uh, Westlawn used to have some mold issues, so and we're in a floodplain. So when they rebuilt all this thing in partnership with the Bucks and JCI and the Housing Authority of the City of Milwaukee, everything was intentionally done because it's not just about giving uh, kids a place to, to play basketball and sports. It's not just about having a place for literacy programs and, and wellness programs, but also solving issues like uh, food insecurity and housing issues and, and safe and affordable housing and all that stuff. I mean, it's all together. It's not one of us. It's not one individual. It's not one organization. It's a collective of partnerships, both private, both public, individuals, city officials. I mean, it's across the board. And that's kind of, you know, we're only as good as we are together. And that's what's that's what's been amazing that uh, Silver Spring has been around for 60 years doing all these different things. And there's so much more to come, too. Awesome. Well, you guys are impacting lives every day. Thank you for joining us in the interview, James and Benjamin. And thank you for everything that you do and for sharing your passion, not only with us in this interview, but with the community and the people that you serve. One more time, give us the contact information. If someone either wants to help in the way of donations or volunteering, who would they contact and your website one more time? Sure. Uh, I would say the best way is because there's two different ways to get in hold of us. I would say Google Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, Milwaukee or SSNC. Our website is www.ssnc-milw.org. That's a great resource for seeing our our programming, getting the specifics. But if you want to get to know us, our Facebook, uh, Silver Spring MKE, um, you can sign up for our newsletter. We do a weekly thing called Hero of the Week where you can see a success story every single Friday. And in terms of supporting us, there's a ton of different ways to support us. It's all on our website and our, our Facebook, but obviously financial is, is the best thing where we are uh, as good as our, you know, we're supported completely by individuals and organizations. The more, the more we have, the more we can do. We are beholden to our supporters and we are so thankful and grateful for everyone. There are uh, other ways and it's not just financial. There's volunteering, in-kind donations. We're always happy to get creative I, I, I always say I'll get coffee with anybody. If you want to talk about any of our programming or you have an idea or, you know, we, we run the gamut on services. Like I said, if you're interested geographically where we are or in a specific cause, we probably have a, a connection to it. So I'm happy to talk to anyone and uh, would love to connect with anybody who wishes to support us in any way. 
Okay. Well, again, thank you guys so much for participating in the interview and enlightening us on, on all the great work that you're doing and how you're impacting lives. I want to also thank my other guests today, Linda Kohler, President and CEO of Sharp Literacy, and Videl Hill, local artist and teacher. Thank you all for sharing your passion and sharing your lives with the young kids in our community. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to hear some passionate people who are stepping up and making a difference in the lives of others. If you want to listen to some previously recorded interviews, you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com or you can listen on demand on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Take some time to figure out and create your own story. Figure out how you can be that person that makes a difference for someone else. So find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.